wife and I have been out of town for a conference, got home yesterday afternoon, and the weather there compounded with the room temperature in the motel kind of gave me a big curve in my voice. So you were just going to have to pay attention this morning for a change if you're going to hear what I'm going to say. And I'm going to try to be very reserved this morning to try to keep my voice because I hear that somebody's supposed to preach again tonight. So Mark chapter 6, and I want us to look at just one verse of scripture there today. It's verse number 3. It says this, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, and Judah, and Simon, and are not here are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. I want to draw your attention to the very first phrase that we found, find in this verse of scripture where it is, is not this the carpenter? Is not this the carpenter? We've already been praying and worshiping God. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word of God. You may be seated. Again, we will be having service this evening prayer at 5 o'clock, the main service at 5 30. How many of you enjoyed going to school? How many enjoyed going? Can you hear me? Everybody, can you hear me? I thought maybe with that we didn't hear me because nobody responded. How many of you enjoyed going to school? Yeah, most of us didn't really enjoy going to school. It was a necessary, in our opinion, necessary evil. Uh, so we just had to do that so we could get a diploma and graduate someday. But as Devin, I believe the last time he spoke here, he testified, you know, school wasn't that bad after all. When I was in school, it was kind of nice. How many of you kind of feel that same way now? School wasn't that bad after all. Because now we're living in the real world out here and a job every day and responsibilities and paying bills and all of those things. So today, some of you may be offended at the title of my message today because I want to preach Class is in session. Class is in session. Look at someone and say, class is in session. I have for several, and if you were not here on Wednesday night, I would encourage you, not because I taught the lesson, but because I believe it was an important lesson. You need to find the leaflet. We have some out in the foyer, but if we run out, we'll get you some from our lesson on Wednesday night. Getting God involved in your life. It's extremely important, and the lesson, and I may not have done that well on it, but maybe the leaflet will do a better job. So if you would get that, I think you would enjoy it. But I have been, been encouraging this church for several months and long time now to, that it's important that we live for God wholeheartedly. But not just wholeheartedly part of the time, but literally every day. And some of you may say, Pastor, why are you encouraging us to live for God and sell out to God 24-7? And why do you feel like Monday through Saturday is just as important as Sunday, Pastor? Why is that? I'll tell you why. Because life is a classroom. Life is a classroom. Sunday the word is taught and the word is preached. Monday through Saturday is really where the word is applied in our lives every day. If we allow God, 
He can use our everyday experiences of life to teach us and prepare us, folks. We too often think that it's only a sermon that is preached or a Sunday school lesson is taught like the tremendous lesson that was taught here and in our classes throughout this building today that is going to help us to increase in knowledge and in wisdom and prepare us for what God wants us to do. But the reality is these avenues may not be where we learn the most is here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Now, don't dismiss, misunderstand me. These are essential to our growth. And can somebody say amen? amen? They're essential to our spiritual well-being, but it doesn't mean that this is the only source of knowledge that's needed, folks, to be what we need to be in God. I want to preach again this message today. Class is in session. All of us are in school, and you're never going to get out of school. Now, I know some of you in the house are saying, oh, well, Bishop and Sister King, they're in their 80s, you know, and, and they, they're, they're past that learning stage. Well, Bishop, in the last two or three years, has there not been some adjustments and some learning? Somebody give him a mic and let him preach, folks. <laughs> it's right. Sister King and Bishop King both are learning. Every day is learning. I would say even this week he's learned some things. and You've learned some things because, folks, we're still in school. Every day class is in session. Now, we don't like that because some of us don't like school. We don't like learning. And some of young people, they think they know it all and don't need to learn anything else. And I've met some adults, it's the same way. <clears throat> but we will move on. You'll be learning until the day you draw your last breath, folks. And life is a teaching process. And here's the bad part, tests are included. <laughs> tests are included. Can I get an amen in the house? How many of you had tests this week? <laughs> I'm not going to ask you whether you passed or failed them. How many of you had tests this week? <laughs> we had tests this week. But one thing about these tests, <laughs> you can't cheat your way through these tests. How many of you have ever thought or even maybe have stated this, I'm past that, only to find out you're not? I thought I got through that. I thought I learned that already, only to find out you didn't. Life is a classroom that includes tests. And if we fail that test, this is what I found in life, if we fail that test, what? Just like school, you have to take it again. You know what's really interesting? Sometimes we fail tests in school and they'd make us stay after school. How many of you felt like God's made you stay after school a few times? <laughs> it's kept you in the classroom a little longer than you want to. Some of you thought it was detention time, didn't you? Uh huh. But what was it about? Was it for your harm? What was it for? You're good. It was for you to learn. It was for you to progress. It was for to help you. Teachers are not there to hurt you. 
are there to help you. See, our ability to progress and mature is based on how eager and willing we are to learn. So the question are, don't, don't raise your hand. It's just a question I don't want you to raise your hand. Are you a good student? I'm not asking if you was a good student in high school because some of you, that, that we don't even want to go there. But are you a good student? Can you be taught? I've worked with people that you could not teach them anything because they knew everything. They did not want to learn. When you get to the point that you cannot take lessons and learn, then folks, you're going to start regressing, not progressing and maturing. When you get to the point that nobody can tell you anything, that's when you're on your way down, not up. Because in life, even your pastor has to learn. I learned things this week. I increased in knowledge this week. And by the help of God, I hope to increase in knowledge every day in my life. Can I get an amen in the house today? But I want you to look at our scripture text in that verse because verse number three is very enlightening. See, we often refer to Jesus as the son of a carpenter. And he was, folks. He was the son of a carpenter. But verse three, it doesn't state he was the son of a carpenter. Verse three says he was. He was a carpenter. And folks, that makes all the difference in the world. He was. That means Jesus was a hands-on carpenter. That means Jesus knew how to use the tools with his own hands. He knew the language that carpenter. There's a, a whole language being a carpenter. There's things you have to think. I, I know Brother Aaron was talking to me just the other day, and he's learned this working with carpenters and construction and stuff. And he said, it took me a while to understand what two-by-fours and two-by-sixes and plywood and standard and better and, and what pressure treated and PT and go get PT and go get this and that. And plow. Well, but that's something that lots of you are going, oh, I don't know what you're talking about that. Two-by-four, you're thinking, well, that's, you know, that's, you know, that's some type of buffet deal, you know, in courses of a meal or something. Because that's kind of how we think. That's where our minds go first is food. But isn't that true, Brother Aaron? You had to learn the lingo from there. So there's a learning process even in being a carpenter there. See, his father was a carpenter, yet he was a carpenter. I learned a great deal from my father because my father was a carpenter. Not just a carpenter, but a very good carpenter in my opinion. And it's interesting how God can use what we do in life to prepare us for our purpose in the kingdom of God. See, here's a fact. Jesus worked as a carpenter until he was 30 years of age. But his ministry only lasted three years. So he spent more time as a carpenter than he did in his ministry. I think it's important we get our minds around that because we focus only on his ministry. But folks, he worked to the point of his ministry and didn't just start out when he was 18 as the ministry, but he had a learning process where he worked. I believe it's good for all of us to learn to work. I'm not making an altar call there, but we all need to learn to work. 
And if you were around my dad, you would have learned that lesson quite well because some of you still have the marks of that in your mind and in your body from that. I do at least. Here's one thing I learned as working as a carpenter. Taking those two-by-fours and two-by-sixes and that wood and, and oftentimes changing their present length or their width or altering them in some way and then using them as part of a project that I was working on, then I watched a two-by-four lose its identity. Because then the two-by-four was no longer referred to as a two-by-four, no longer as you look at that wall and say, that wall's two-by-sixes. No, you look at that and you say, it's a wall. Because the two-by-sixes are inside that wall, because I was here when we built it, Two-by-sixes are in that wall, and two-by-sixes are in these petition walls that are here. They've lost their identity because they're no longer a two-by-four. They're no longer the plywood there. It's the floor you're standing on. It's no longer this concrete. It's our floor because the material now has lost its identity. It's a lesson. And see, that's what Jesus, as a carpenter, would have learned before he ever became the minister for three years and worked ministering to others. So it's the same in the kingdom of God. We lose our identity when we allow the master carpenter to put us where we need to be, folks. See, it's not about people seeing us, but seeing the end product. It's not about somebody looking saying, hey, look at him, he's special. It's better looking and seeing what God has done with that two by four, that two by six, that person, that individual in the kingdom of God. But folks, where did I learn all of these things? It was through life's experience. Think about Jesus. Carpentry in his day was quite a bit different than it is today. <laughs> he didn't have power tools like we have today. And perhaps there might have been a woodsman or someone who did the wood that would deliver the logs or whatever to Joseph, his stepfather, and to him as the son. And Jesus would watch his earthly stepfather take those rough logs and begin to trim them off the branches and begin to start shaping that wood up and making that wood into something. Maybe he would watch him cut it into planks and boards and maybe even into blocks. And then Joseph, his stepfather, then would take those boards and trim them a little bit here and cut them just a little bit here and maybe even punch a hole in them <laughs> just a little here and there and maybe cut the knots out of them just a little bit here and pay close attention to the, the, the order of the grain because if you work with wood, you understand the order of the grain and the way it's cut is important. Can you hear me? Or every detail is really important when you're working with wood. And as a carpenter, he would have understood you have to pay really specific attention to just the little details in the wood because it can make all the difference of the outcome. I'm talking about what a carpenter would learn when he was working with wood. See, then Jesus as a little boy learned that a plow and a tool huh, that he would see his father made was really in that rough tree log all the time. The plow was in that. Wait a minute. That was just a tree, but now it's a plow. Now it's a tool. Now it's a... And where would Jesus learn that? everyday life experience working as a carpenter in those days. 
Look at your neighbor and said, class is in session. <laughs> and we will be dismissing soon. See, he saw the log and then seen what it was doing. It just took someone to form it into something useful, transform it into something useful. I'm maybe overthinking this message today, but I was thinking about my father, and that's kind of where this message was birthed, was thinking about my father. And I've been having my boys working with me and teaching them on how to build things and remodel and tear things up and I'm good at that part there and demolition is one of my specialties and one of my best tools is a sledgehammer. I learned I couldn't do that very well when I was working at Newport because I, the one thing I tried to demolition was, demolished was my leg with a sledgehammer and still recuperating from that but I've been trying to teach them and I was thinking just the last few days about my dad and all the different things that I learned from my dad. And I started thinking about all the ways that applies to me as a pastor of a church and a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, we need to understand, folks, we're not wasting time. See, as a carpenter, Jesus, as the son of Joseph, or the stepson of Joseph and the son of man, was required to take those raw materials and transform them into something useful. A lesson learned through what? Life's experience. Then Jesus as the Son of God was required to take raw material and transform it into something that was useful. Again, we need to realize time is valuable and we need to stop wasting our time on things that really don't matter. Oh, Pastor, don't go there. I am going to go there. Can I ask you a question? How much are you learning from all your social media? How much are you learning from your YouTube videos and your Netflix and your DVDs and all those things? How much are you really learning from those things that are helping you to be what God wants you to be? I know I'm right where I need to be this morning. Because I'm talking about we as the church of the living God, we need to stop wasting time. We need to learn from life's experience. Don't despise where you are right now in this point in your life, folks. See, you need to maybe take the lemons and make some lemonade out of it. <laughs> Instead of just sucking on the lemon and being a sourpuss all the time. Take what God has given you and take life's experience and start learning from those things because you may not be where God wants you to be right now. And this is what he's using because class is in session to teach you and help you to learn so you can be what God wants you to be. I wonder what Jesus may have learned from his occupation. Jesus saw the kingdom of God in that unformed and undeveloped material of a little child. Did you notice that? See, Jesus as a carpenter knew that it was hard to reform or change something <laughs> that was already made into something else. <laughs> so Jesus makes this statement, except you become as a little child, that raw material, so I can work with you, then I can't do as much with you as I can 
when you become a child as I could when you've already got your own ideas and you already got your own plans and you don't want to change. Where did he learn that, folks? He learned it in the carpentry shop when he realized dad tried to take this one old tool and change it into something else or tried to take this plow and change it into something else and it didn't work really well. It was really tough. But how much easier it was to take that log and transform it into what it needed to be. Where did he learn it? As a carpenter. He made the statement like this, the kingdom of God was in the little mustard seed because a carpenter, he learned that some useful things could be found in the rough log inside. Remember, there were no power tools. So I'm sure that Jesus learned the lesson of how painful it was to transform a log into a useful tool. He probably learned maybe some patience. And where did he learn the patience? To deal with a Peter. In the carpenter shop. Working with those things. Yeah, but he was almighty God. He was also man. He was hungry. Guarantee he struggled with things also because he was human, folks, and he learned these things. How? When he was a carpenter. Not when he was walking through his three years of ministry because he was in a classroom and he was learning those years until he was 30 years of age. I'm trying to be careful because I'm trying not to lose my voice this morning. He probably also learned that you may have picked out 12 excellent logs. Logs that you intended to transform into something really useful only to find out that one of them had knot holes. <laughs> Some of them had cross grains that would not allow you to make that log into what you... Can somebody get my message today? Transform that log into what it needed to be, even though he chose that log and paid a price for that log and took that log and thought he could use that log only to find out the log <laughs> could not be changed because it would not allow itself because there were things in that log that could... Where did Jesus learn those things? In class, working as a carpenter. <laughs> a carpenter would have learned different woods <laughs> have to be worked with differently. Anybody ever work with different types of wood? Brother, Brother Anderson, you know exactly what I'm talking with. Darian's been doing quite a bit of woodwork stuff too. He, he found out you can't handle every wood the same. Because there's some things that you can do with one wood you can't do with another type of wood. Where would Jesus have learned that lesson? In the carpenter thing. Then look now at his ministry. See, you, if, yes, yet if you wanted to make a wooden axe handle, you would probably want to get some hickory because that would hold up under the stress of a hard blow and a carpenter would have learned that, but also he would have learned this. Hickory's one of the hardest woods you're ever going to learn to work with. It's hard wood. You've got to keep your tools, and folks, it'll splinter real easy on you. But it's good wood. 
if you can work with it, then where would Jesus have learned about the different woods as a carpenter? How much work 